Hello and welcome to La Vie Podcast with myself, Andre Marie. I'm a salon owner, hairstylist, content creator of some sort, and a mama. Join me every week for an insight on my thoughts, lessons, laughs, some chit chats, and everything in between. Because life can be messy and I like to talk about it. So grab a cuppa and join me. everybody and welcome back to Lavi Podcast. Today I've got a great guest with me. It's Joy Adenuga. Um, she is someone that I looked up to and I have looked up to um, in the makeup industry. I followed her blog and now she's going on to bigger and better things. It's lovely to see someone work hard and achieve their dreams and like I said before this series is all about me talking to women that I inspire me every day people that I've worked with in the past Joy is someone that um, I think people in the industry altogether love very much she's very very kind very giving and just a lovely soul to be around and I thought why not bring some of that good energy onto the podcast so welcome Joy thank you and um again like this this is not an interview it's just a chit chat with joy just to kind of see her background and how she got to where she is today and where she aims to go so no pressure (laughs) just the truth and how long have you been doing makeup for and what were you doing before makeup okay so i've been doing makeup for just over 10 years um, before then, um, I used to work in a bank. I oh, wow. I know. I used to work in um, Royal Bank of Scotland. Then I moved to Transport for London. Um, and I think it was when I was working with Transport for London, then um, I started the journey. And I think, yeah, Transport for London was like my last nine to five or... I wouldn't really call it nine to five because I went part-time before I finally quit my job. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's where I used to work um, in before. Wow. So what led you to makeup? What was the thing about makeup that made you say, okay, this is what I want to get like tap into. Um, I'm one of the very few makeup artists that prefer working on older people and not their own. Yeah. I don't like wearing makeup. Um, I think it's quite obvious that I prefer working on other people because I just feel as an artist, um, not to take away from people that make their face their own canvas. This is like a personal choice because it's about me. So I personally feel my artistry is best represented or reflected when I work on other people because I'm working on a different skin tone, on a different ethnicity, textures, face shape. Mine is just the same. It's not changing. It's and it's just boring. Yeah. Like the same face every day. But yeah, when- well, I get what you mean because um, people can also see themselves in the different people that you use as canvases. Exactly. So yeah, that was it. I preferred just you know you, you never know what you're gonna get on the chair when you were out and about it could be someone that is really light skin someone that's really dark skin someone with brown face square square face oval like the list goes on different textures different you know and it's yeah i don't know what words to put into how i just love the whole process of it 
So that was just about, yeah, that was what I loved about doing makeup. I just never liked it on myself. That, that was it. And um, I think most people didn't even know I was doing it because I didn't obviously look at it at that point as a career choice. It was okay. in the whole realm of hobby, just, you know, play with your friends, you know, and stuff like that and call it a day. Um, I believe it was when I relocated to the UK. Um, and oh, okay. So you weren't here? No, I when I first well, I won't say when I first started because I don't think I really did anything about it in um, when I was back home in Nigeria. So it's just like when you're going out with your friends, you just help them get ready, and like they always come to me. Oh, nice. You know, like you know, I always thought that you you. Uh, obviously, I knew that you were here, mm-hmm. but I just always thought that you started here. That's so interesting. Okay, no, so I started yeah. here. I didn't start in Nigeria. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it wasn't until I relocated here then I began to take it serious because it looked more like a feasible career choice. Because back then, we're talking about way over ten years now. Yeah, the makeup artistry business was not that big. Obviously, it's a different <laughs> case scenario now. Mm-hmm. But we then it, it it wasn't, and then I had a really good job. So it's like yeah. I'm gonna leave this good job and be, you know, I'm like, no, absolutely not. So it was when I came here and I started, you know, familiarizing myself with the likes of Sam Fine, Pat McGrath, you know, and seeing how amazing they were in their career. So it's kind of sets the ball rolling that I want to be like these people. Like I see myself as, you know, some fine, like, and again, both of them, these are people that do completely different things. Some fine is more of my kind of makeup, which is simple, natural, while Pat McGrath is across editorial and, you know, they were both my icons when I first um, decided I want to take it serious now. Okay, so did you, are you self-taught or is it it something that you studied? Um, It's a bit of both. I attended, because when I first, you know, um, like when I got the go-ahead, I won't say got the go-ahead, but more like my husband pushing me like, you know, one of those evenings you'd be, you know, discussing with your husband. I I was newly married then um, and I'll just talk and talk about it. And I think my husband probably got tired and like, you know what, if you want to do this. (laughs) Just do it because I don't want a situation where like we are old and you're like oh I wish I wish I wish just do yeah, it. Definitely. If it doesn't work out at least you know you tried so yeah I now registered I did a course I wouldn't say the school I did a one week course um, okay then obviously with the whole Black Lives Matter now a lot of things make a lot more sense because I didn't find it weird that my entire week of studying there, um, just one model was used. And this model was Caucasian. Um, we're not taught on any other skin type, but that one skin type. And so I left and thinking, okay, so if I have to work on a black skin, but what, what do I do? Like, Because now I've left... After a week, I knew everything I needed to do in working on Caucasian skin and everything. But like, what next? Like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm not, again, as I said, I'm not putting down how other people study or learn because everybody has different ways to learn. I'm just talking about how I learn 
I wasn't too comfortable going on YouTube to sit down and watch a video and like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm now just going to, you know, start working. So what I did, I took two private um, courses. I would say courses like a, what do I want to call it? Like a masterclass, um, but a one-on-one. Okay, yeah. A makeup artist I really admired. Um, so one was more of an editorial makeup artist. Don't forget, yeah. then, as I said, Sam Fine and Pat McGrath. So that was the way I went into booking these two artists because then I wasn't too sure if I wanted to do editorial or do commercial Okay. at that point. Obviously, editorial is like in your face, you know, the glam, the glitz and everything. While commercial is a bit subdued and... You know, so then I hadn't made up my mind. So I now did the course um, with two ladies and on dark skin. So as as the time I I was done with them, I now had all the knowledge I needed of walking across um, all skin tones. So in terms of education, that was what I did. Then obviously the rest was learning along the way. And I have to add that this that that was not my, the last time I did a class. I was also doing master classes. Like when Sam Fine came to the UK, I was there, and a um, series of, of master classes that <laughs> held, you know, over the course of the years. I've always gone just to you know, you never stop learning, do you? you never, yeah, ever, you know. And obviously, online courses. I've bought a lot of online courses because I just feel like on. Um, youtube they don't really delve deeper into to be honest with youtube it's one of those things where even me on youtube i don't break down hair haircuts and exactly pixie cut in the correct manner you might Mm -hmm. just do a quick video to showcase how you got to the star but there's so much information that you miss out and there's so much information that you can get from a one-on-one that you will never be able to get exactly uh, 10 minute video because it doesn't take 10 minutes exactly so that was why you know to there's nothing wrong with youtube because i still go there to watch like a couple of um maybe like an eyeshadow application or somebody yeah. doing something you know i still go on there but in terms of because i was now with the mindset that i'm going into business can't be getting information on people that don't really delve deep into the artistry and take the knowledge from that into business-like um, mindset. So that was why I preferred, you know, paying for online classes, you know, learning from like proper experts in makeup artistry. And back then, as I said before, uh, we went on this podcast there was no Instagram. There was no, yeah, there was no social media. So the grafting then was quite different. And when I say grafted, it was a lot of grafting. And yeah, I just learned on the job. I think with me, I just wanted to practice and practice on different skin type because just to get that confidence that when I when somebody sits on my chair, I'm not like, oh my God, I don't know how to handle this. She's got this, she's got pigmentation. Her face shape is not something I've dealt with before. You know, just that to avoid that element of surprise. So I was just constantly testing and testing and refining my craft. And there's this thing I need to mention at this point because 
it's just very few people that know this information as at the time i made the decision to go into makeup artistry i was about six months pregnant oh wow yeah so throughout my course master classes and everything i was pregnant so i was doing all that with the baby my very first child on the way and working full time at that point <laughs> just to give you an idea <laughs> of how i started so i probably should have waited my husband did tell me to wait but just I don't know the excitement. I like now when to start. I don't care. I don't mind. Don't worry. I'll be what you do my job correctly. I mean, you can't. You can't. When, once you have that drive, you kind of have to go through it because if you don't, you kind of. I feel like you leave. You lose a little bit of that drive. Yeah. Um, if you wait, there's so many people that I know that are just like you know what I should have done it when I when I said I was going to do mm-hmm. it because so many things happened after that that stopped me from doing it and now I haven't done it it's been 10 years oh wow so you don't want to be that person so yeah yeah that that was it I was like a baby on the way you know carrying box of makeup and all that <laughs> I was proper pregnant then I gave birth then during my maternity leave like most weekends obviously because I need to have my husband home to you know <laughs> be yeah. with baby you know I'll go ahead I wasn't making any money, like zero. My travel wasn't even being paid. I was just learning and learning and learning. And yeah, that's roughly how I started, to be fair. I think that's really important that you mentioned that you you had zero money because I think that's like the biggest misconception. Yeah. It's people think you start off as you are now. No. And, you know, the grind has always been the grind. There's no one you're going to meet that's going to say, my first job, I was paid £10,000. just does not happen like that. I always find it so, well, interesting because it's the one thing that every entrepreneur, every business owner, every big person has in common. Mm -hmm. They always start from zero. And I think people don't appreciate or even recognise the fact that literally we all started from the bottom like the very very bottom yeah free 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 and back then as well doing things for free was very very normal if you try and charge they'll be like are you okay exactly it was just like you don't have any skills like we are doing you a favor so Mm -hmm. um especially when i see now it's like don't don't do your work for free i'm like but how are you going to build your portfolio especially when you just start how are you going to build your portfolio? There's so many people that I meet and they're just like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to work for free. I've learned what I've learned. I practice on my friends. That's it. I want to be paid. My time is precious. And I'm like, wow. We have people like that. Like I've even, I still remember I had an assistant, um, that I wanted to come with me. And the first thing she was asking was like, is he paid? Yeah. Like, I'm not even getting paid. Why would you be asking if it's paid? Like, it's you need to weigh the benefits versus the negatives. If the pro, and it's like a collaboration. This is the thing. You need to know when it's a collaboration and when someone is just taking the mic. Yeah. In instance, nobody is getting paid. We are all contributing our services and you are just following me just to watch me and learn on the job. I am not getting paid. The photographer is not getting paid. The model... You know, we are often chipping in to pay for the studio. Yeah. You know, 
So that whole mindset, like I, I've, I just finished my one week training. So my first job I need, well, I won't say my first job because anything labeled job has to be paid for. That's why I can't stress the point of when you finish any sort of training, you need to, um, your craft, you need to study and you need to refine your craft and craft before business. I've always maintained that saying, like you cannot start a business when you do not know your crafts very much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I could not have been a salon owner in 2009. I would have failed dramatically, dramatically. And even now, sometimes I'm like, wow, failing. I have a failed day. So I don't, I don't understand, I honestly don't understand how the younger ones are doing it. I've had assistants quit at the salon after a day because oh, wow. they want more. They want, they, they expect it to be more. And I'm like, I serve tea and coffee and wash towels <laughs> for at least three months before I was able to do anything with hair. And if you're coming into this industry thinking that the day one you're going to be doing hair, you've missed the whole mark and you might as well go home. Wow. Because that's not how it is. I'm sure with make with makeup, you didn't just start and there are basics to everything. No, they are. They are. It's health, there's health and safety. There's things. It's all about the salon environment first. Then you start. So there's so many things and there's so many layers to hairdressing, which I'm sure the same is with makeup. So when yeah. people, people like they come in and they just think, yeah, you know, I do weaves at home. And I'm like, do you know what? That's a great thing. And you're going to find that when you get to that point in the hairdressing industry, you're going to fly through that because that's the part that you're familiar with. So it's all about refining that. But there's yeah. so much you don't know. Do you know how to wash someone's hair? Do you know how to diagnose someone's got bad scalp? There's so much that goes into it. They quit. They quit because they realize that it's not just quick money. Mm-hmm. It's actually work. And they, yeah. they literally run away from the shop. <laughs> I think I probably would blame a bit of social media for that. Because I think with social media, you see the gleeds and the glamour. Yeah. And nobody really, um, should I use the word glamorize? Yeah. Their failures on Instagram yeah. like you wouldn't I wouldn't put a picture of my huge tummy trying to carry my aluminum big makeup box trying to climb up the stairs because the escalator wasn't working or something you wouldn't see a picture of that but that was my reality then I had to do all that you know so that's why I said I would probably blame social media just a bit a lot more many people might say but there's just this glam that you just think, oh my God, I want to be like this person. She doesn't look like she's suffering. Girl, we have been there. I don't even think that people are even telling each other the truth. I think there's not like a, I, I don't, I've experienced it when I've gone into, I'm going to, I'm going to be controversial and say the younger crowd, because when I've gone in a younger crowd, they don't, it's not, it's like no one's telling each other the truth. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's going really well and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but no, that, like, what world are you living in? Because I've done this and I know it's hard. <laughs> I remember going to work and doing hair at home and then doing, like, three, four wigs in the middle of the night and going back to work in the day. So I know that it's a lot of work. So I don't know how you guys are carrying on, like, 
even the girls that do like lots of frontals back to back, I'm like, that's a lot of work. I can recognize that it's a lot of work. It doesn't look easy, Mm-mm. but you make it sound like it's easy. And yeah. the next person coming under you is going to believe that it's just a quick, Very quick true. job. And it's not true. Um, you need to let people know that, you know what? Plucking a frontal takes me 40 minutes. And then I have to do A, B, and C. I can, do you know what I mean? I just feel like the younger the younger lot are not exactly... Oh God, I'm making myself feel really old. But the younger <laughs> lot are not really, um, <laughs> acknowledging the true hardship that goes into it. Whereas when I talk to people of like, maybe like a little bit younger than me and above, we're all very, very honest about the fact that it's never been easy and it's very hard still now. And we've got a long way to go. But I just feel like... It's just a different vibe when I go into different, like different sort of settings. I think, and I, and it is you're right. It's, it is a bit of Instagram and it is a bit of social. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Social media has a part to play in that because everything just looks easy. Like think about it. When somebody puts up um, a mini clip of um, a makeup being done, or in your case, hair. And it looks like it was done. It literally comes across like something that was done within 60 seconds. <laughs> Not knowing that. <laughs> Not knowing that it's taking like how many hours just to make it look like it's been done within 60 seconds. So that's what I'm saying that there's this um, um, illusion like on Instagram. Oh, it looks so easy. It looks like, and I'm guilty of that because like the YouTube business, I try to do it. And when I notice the amount of work that goes not even into the creation, the editing, I was like, bye guys. Like I'm not even going there. It's a lot of work. So the work yeah. that goes into YouTube is so much. Like even I'm, I'm, I would call myself a grade one. The people that do the, um, I don't know, they do like sky viewings and they do different different angles and stuff. I'm just like, how the hell do you even get the lighting correct? Do you understand? I've tried to learn, like there are a couple of people that do like videos, how to edit, like even bless her. I've had a couple of my colleagues that have invited me to literally sit down and watch how they do the edits. And it's look like, it just, it just comes across like they're speaking in Latin. <laughs> Because I'm like, what is clip? What is this? What is what is what is the razor blade doing? Oh, that's for cutting. What is it cutting? Like, I can't. <laughs> oh my god. So, how has it been managing home life with your kids, husband, and work? Is it easier because you're a freelancer, or would you say the key is to make it work for you? I think the key is to make it work for you. If I can. I'll probably be the biggest liar if I said this is A, B, and C. Uh, this is the A, B, and C method for doing it. There is no method, I can assure you. It's more like um, finding what works for you. Yeah. Um, at some point, the reason, okay, I, I told you when I first started, I was doing full time. I it yeah. didn't too much, especially when my second child came in. So I yeah. went part time, but even at part time, my kids have two years between them. So both of them were quite young. So I just had to leave. And the truth of the matter was I left my job, not even because of the makeup artistry then. It was more for my kids. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I left more for them than because at the end of the day, as much as I love what I do, my family still comes first. Yeah. First and foremost, anytime. So like, I just noticed that trying to balance everything, they would have been the one suffering because it's like, I want to dump them here with this childcare or something. And I did not just like what I was doing. So I just quit, made my childcare work for me, then just made my business work alongside the childcare arrangement I had at that point. Then obviously with the help of my family, bless them, then I was able to find out how I could take jobs by the side. Yeah, so it's more like a scheduling thing. Like, okay, uh, Monday to Friday, when the kids are here, if a job comes in, who am I able to, you know, to pick up the kids? Because my issue has always been school runs. <laughs> to be honest with you, is the school runs like because most times when you get jobs, you know, your your mother because the kids are in school, but it's like who's gonna go drop them off if you have to be in the studio or the client's house at this time of the day. Or if you don't finish on time, who's going to pick them up? So for me, it was more of a scheduling thing. So once I had my schedule down and how to work with the schedule, if a job came in, I think it just became a lot easier. But as I said, with childcare, because I was so um, iffy with childcare, it meant I turned down a number of jobs that to today it stings. But would I do it again if I don't still like the um, level of childcare I'm getting at that point? Probably I'll do that again because, again, as I said, my family comes first. But there are some jobs where I've been needed to come, maybe coming to this place to do um, this celebrity, and I'm like, oh my god, the fact they thought of me. And then the next thing, there's nobody to pick up the kids from school. Yeah. So I have to. So, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. I know. Trying, there's so many sacrifices that go into it. It's so true. Especially when I just mentioned this. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, because this is one thing um, that stung. Um, when you have to explain to people and they don't, they're like, you've got kids. Are you the first or the second person that have got kids? That was one part of people that I, I that kind of shocked me, in a way. I they do that. They do that. It's oh like, God, I couldn't. Like, just somebody <laughs> speak to you in that. Fine, I get it. It's like, you have issues. Like, it's not my problem. But it took me a while to adjust to the level, like, no matter what you're going... In a way, it's a good thing, because now I know to keep whatever problem I have at the door and not bring it in. Because when you try to explain that, oh, you know, is it possible for me, let the hairstylist start, I'm going to come in like 30 minutes after uh, because I need to drop my kids in school. There's this, who cares? You have kids, are you the first? Like, I've actually had a bride tell me, um, this was a while ago, what, I'm trying to, I can't remember what for word, but it's more like, you have kids, so who cares? That was how she came out. It was so rude. Um, I think that was was one of the very few jobs because I I don't think I've ever carried my I don't I barely carry my kids to work I think I can count on one hand in my entire 10-year career how many times I've taken my kids on a job I'd rather not even go yeah you're like as much as you you have issues with childcare, it's not really the client's responsibility to deal with your issues Mm-hmm. Um, but this is me, my first child. Like I didn't realize how childcare was. 
<laughs> you know, but I was, oh. I didn't know how bad it, obviously now that I now know, you know, how bad childcare can just come in and just mess up. Like our podcast was meant to have been yesterday, but imagine I had an issue with it. So it's that level. Yeah, of, definitely. I've learned that even with the salon, there's been times when I've just missed something's happened and I've had to have a six month old in a pram while I'm doing highlights. And I, and that, that to me is the absolute ghetto. Like it is my biggest pet peeve. Uh And not because I don't disrespect anyone that does that because I know the hustle is, is is Uh real, but it's just, I've always tried to separate business Uh from personal. And I just think, your hair if you're having your hair professionally done and then the 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 hairstylist is also looking after her child mm-hmm. how can she possibly give you the best service so screaming her lungs out <laughs> luckily for me he was just minding his own business and playing yeah. it he, he like, yeah but the shock of it when i first like there's been this particular job I was meant to do with a notable lady and I couldn't because I think my childcare, the lady that was meant to come out literally just cancelled on me. No, oh, I'm sorry. I can't make, I can't make it, you know, and everything. And I don't think the person forgave me for pulling out of the job. Oh no. You know, she and I tried to explain that look, I, I have my daughter with the bag and everything with my makeup bag ready to leave the house because I'm meant to drop my daughter at the childcare's house, at the child so at the childminder's house before coming to you, but she didn't show up and normally I would have taken, but it's a very far location, so I didn't want to take my child. But the lady till today, I don't think she ever forgave me for that. Just just say how personal people can take this. Yeah. You know, but again, mm-hmm. what it is, I'm not gonna drop on the bit on the floor and come do your makeup. I'll have to stay at home, my kid. So yeah, just one of the pitfalls of some of the experiences I've had to deal with. It's so interesting because everyone has I wouldn't say a similar story, but oh, the struggle, man. When I think of just some, some, I don't want to say some things I've had to, but it's just so shocking. Um, the reception, like I've had amazing people that have kind of on the, I've even had clients like, you know what, just bring her. Like there was this bride I had and she was like, you know, just bring, I think that was my son then. Um, just bring him. And I got there and the bride had a, a son similar age to my son. And they were just running around the entire hotel together. It was so oh, it was so funny. So not all is bad, but it just it's basically what I'm trying to say is that sometimes life happens. Yeah. Life happens. And when it happens, it's like it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's it's actually devastating i want the whole ground to swallow me whole but then when you realize that you know do you know what this is life because life is definitely it's messy and it's not perfect even when you try your best i mean i've done things where i've booked a childminder and then i've booked a backup to that childminder just in case and it still flops yeah so it's like no matter you cannot plan that's why life happens because that when they say often um 
unforeseen circumstances, it does happen. Like it does happen. Like you've planned and things don't just go right. And again, and this is why it's very important for you to um, have a good customer service approach because life happens. But if you already have a reputation of that person that life always happens to, like there's one excuse after the other, that could also damage your business. Yeah. So from a working aspect, you know, try and um, have like your work ethic has to be, obviously I know no one can achieve hundred percent, but if you can get it to 95%, so that when life happens, people don't use it against you. Because like, you know what? Don't worry. I already know you have a good reputation. I already know this. So don't worry about it. Obviously, I'm upset and everything, but I won't hold it. You still have some people that will still hold it. Like in this story I told, like till today. And um, this is like three years ago or something. But she has a child now. So I'm hoping she sort of understands where I'm coming from now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Sometimes it's like a 360. I've had... I've had brides I've had to cancel because I, when I fell pregnant, they were I had brides booked and I was like, well, gonna have to. As soon as I found out, I was like, I definitely can't do these dates anymore. They were the first to know, so they had like six months to panic. Mm. And then I gave them a list of people that I trusted, Deborah being one of them, mm. and I just said, look, I've let them know, so I've done the work for you. Mm. I'd rather give you somebody rather than like not say anything until the last moment weddings are a very big deal to you mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. so i don't want to be the reason why you have a terrible day mm-hmm. Here's can i, I can just do- add that that lady i was talking about it wasn't even a wedding it was an evening function <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a wedding it was an evening function and yeah up until today i still like wow people are amazing that's all i can say it was because for weddings i always have backups like yeah mind. this is the thing it's like you you can try all you can but then again it's 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 only that you can do the best that you can do that's all that you can do at the end of the day and that's yeah. and for me I've always felt that you have a good reputation because you're very professional about the way you carry yourself and it's because again you take it as a business I that's think I uh, you might agree with me but a lot of people don't take it as a business no, it's very not. much I, I wouldn't know what the word is it's not a hobby it's yeah, just sort of like you take your hobby serious yeah because again yeah people can take the hobby seriously it's people that just don't I don't know if that can, I can say they don't take their craft serious because I don't like to speak for people but it comes across like well it's not that important because they'll cancel on you willy-nilly mm-hmm. um They'll come three hours late. Like it's just when people have a precise way of doing things, I think it just it just gives confidence as well because yeah. people people's time should be respected. I'm very big on that, just yeah. respecting people's time. Mm-hmm. Um, people have things to do, people have lives, people have jobs, so you have to kind of be very straightforward with people and also just respect the time because without that, that's where you lose the trust. Very true. Um, I was gonna say, what would you, what, what would be your worst scenario for a client? But I think you kind of answered it a little bit. In what way? Because um, you talked about, you know, people holding grudges and stuff like that. But what yeah. would be your, worst, your worst client? I mean, not your worst client, but a worst scenario for a client. Because we talked about 
life happening. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, apart from that lady, I won't. I don't think I've had that much bad scenario in terms of things like childcare. So probably two that sticks out, which is that lady, then a bride I had that was just plain rude. But to be fair, she did apologize um, yeah. after the wedding because I think the way I came in, I didn't. I like you, you wouldn't. And that's the thing about me. Once I arrive, even if we had issues or whatever, or you give me any issue, it would it would be like if did I imagine it? Yeah, right. Did what I had to do, you know. Just I was my entire self. Like even at one point, she, and this is someone that is very vocal. She was very quiet. Then she sent me a very long message, like, "Oh, Joe, I can't believe, like, with all I did to you, how rude I was at everything. Like, even when I told my friends, they didn't believe it. They're like, that person didn't look like somebody that was upset with you, you know. So is that like, at the end of the day, I don't know. Maybe as a former bride, I tend to understand that brides can be stressed, and yeah. sometimes they might lash out unfortunately it might land on the wrong person i yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. obviously there's a limit to how much we can take but i tend to be a bit more understanding because i know people handle stress differently um but with me i think i i, li- I don't like disorganization yeah that is one thing that stresses me. Like I would, cause I like to give like my timing. I arrive at this time. I set up at this time. I aim to finish at this time. Then I arrive, the bride hasn't, or the client hasn't even had her bath or something, or, um, everything is delayed. Nobody knows like, where's the bride getting changed? Like what time are we leaving? Like, I think it, that just, it, it just, I, I even start having a headache almost immediately. <laughs> I can't, most people that know me really well know that I can't do this. That's why I always ask Bride, look, if you can't afford a wedding planner, at least get a wedding coordinator. There's nothing like you arrive, fine, it's a wedding. Let's give room for like the odd five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, at least 30 minutes lateness or by anybody or anything over 30, 45 an hour. Mm, Especially if you're staying for the day and everything is just disorganized and oh god the story yeah, it makes, it makes everything just yeah, it, it just takes out the fun part because don't forget as much as you're working you're still a part of someone's special day yeah so i sort of treat it like that like well this is someone's special day as much as i'm getting paid i have i'm contributing to that special day for her yeah so once there's this organization, the whole special like leaps out of the window, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's going Very on. True. I've lost count how many times I've had to almost take control as part coordination. Okay. You do this. Okay. You do that. Okay. We are your bridesmaids. They do this, you know, and stuff like that. So I think my pet peeve is probably disorganization. Yeah. And lateness. I do not like lateness at all. <laughs> yeah i've been around you you don't <laughs> it's very nice about it as well you're just like okay so what time are you how long do you roughly think you're gonna be and i'm like when those when those questions start arriving you know that she's no longer she's just trying to see when she can get started because she's mm-hmm. got her she's got her plan for how she wants to go and you know what it's a really good thing at the end of the day as well mm-hmm. because it means that everyone it keeps everyone on its on their toes mm-hmm. um the timing don't forget with the timing it's also timing for back home what time i need to get back home what time my child yeah. might 
leave the house. So all that eats into it. Because if I'm not running late, it means I'm having to pay overtime at my kids' school or wherever they are. And guess who's going to pay the overtime charges? It's me. Yeah. You tell the bride, oh, you have to pay me extra to pay the school. I don't think anyone can even do that. So you are the one that's going to bear the brunt of that. So it's, yeah, because... And again, as I said, leaving personal issues at the door. I'm not going to go in, oh, I need to start now because my husband has to go to this place and my daughter has to go to her violin lessons. I'm not going to tell the bride all that. So all I have to do is just make sure this is, okay, what time? I'm not going to give you the time I'll arrive. I'd rather you tell me what time you need me to arrive. Then I use that to plan my day. So that's why yeah. this organization part, timing and everything, it's my pet peeve because it's like that eats into my own personal life as well. Because yeah. I went, you know, at the beginning, I mentioned, I mentioned scheduling helped me. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's true. I'm starting to see that now. Having been a mom for just over, like, just the, like coming up to two years, mm-hmm. I have seen how life is so different. Before, if someone made me late, and I, I didn't have plans like that at the end. It might be if I had brunch with a friend, I'll be like, okay, well, we can do it tomorrow. It's easier. But yeah. when you have a whole child and six o'clock, mm. you have to work, <laughs> and you know your husband's not going to be there. Mum mm-hmm. um, has gone out somewhere because you've told her that you'll be able to pick up and there's nobody. And my nursery is wicked. They just say, if you come later than 7 p.m., Social services will be at the nursery. So how do you say, imagine what you've just said now, you can't tell the client that, oh, my nursery, they will do this, they will call this. Like, to the client, it's like, how is that my problem? So that's why all you can do is just make sure they stick to the timing so you can go sort out your personal problems because nobody, people, they don't care. I know some people care, but I'm talking from more experience of like, I just paid for you to come do my makeup and leave. So it's like, okay, that's why I try not to press the time. So they won't say, but you are the one that told me to allow you to come this time. I'm like, check your schedule, speak to your wedding coordinator, speak to whoever is planning this day for you, settle on the time and give me the time. And if I will appreciate, I'll really appreciate if we can sort of stick to the time. Obviously I will allow for like the odd um, 10 to 30 minutes lateness or something because I've used that time to plan outside the job. Yeah, it's you true. Know. No wrong sayings there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I hope it makes sense to you when uh, the whole timing thing, this is the reason why. Yeah, no, the timing thing, it definitely makes, it makes sense to me because even in, in terms of like in the salon, I I just make sure because the salon is small. It's not a massive salon. Like the first salon I worked at, we had like eight chairs, okay. so you had space for people to kind of come in. And I, as much as I loved working in that salon, my pet peeve was that I always had three people waiting for me on that sofa. It used to give me anxiety seeing people waiting for me because they used to book people every half hour, mm. every half hour or every hour, and it didn't always take into consideration that if you're doing a pixie cut, this person will be under the dryer. But what if the client comes late? What if the client's got this? So then at sometimes you just end up with three people waiting at the same time. Yeah. They've got to go and pick up their kids or they've got to do stuff. And it was just always quite stressful. Mm-hmm. So when I opened the salon, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have that sort of headache. 
<laughs> Ask a client what time she can make it. If it's a hairstyle, all my bookings are two hours long. So then I know you are aimed to be here for two hours long. Yeah. If you come in at 10, you should be gone by 1.30 latest. I don't want to see you past two because you've already been here too long. Because then that allows me to now book someone else for 11, which means that we have a full hour together yeah. where I can get the most important part of your hairstyle done. So one, you can feel like you had a good service. And two, you, I know clients like to talk and it's, it's your hair, it's your crown. So you want to feel like you're not being rushed. Mm-hmm. And then I can see someone after you while you're under the dryer. So you're not feeling like you're waiting. So when it comes to timing, since opening the salon, especially, I really, really understand mm-hmm. it. And then adding baby to it. Yep. I definitely understand the importance of finishing on time. Mm-hmm. And in my whole career, I can tell you, I've probably finished on time maybe 15 times. And when I say, like, left the salon at 5.55, mm-hmm. closed it shut, and on my way to pick up the kid. I don't even aim for that anymore. I'm just like, mum, pick him up. <laughs> because I can always turn up late to your house. Mm-hmm. I cannot turn up late to that nursery. Yeah. Because I know there will be consequences. They do not have the time. We are not friends. Mm. They do not understand. And it's that. So mum or dad or um, my husband, pick up, pick up baby, because I can't. (laughs) It just makes life so much easier. And again, when I'm able to, I'll do it. But apart from that, I just don't stress myself anymore. But those two elements have completely changed. And now I'm going to have two. So I'm going to be in a situation that you were at the beginning of your career. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be so, so interesting. And um, what would you say is one of the best things about bridal makeup? I think it's the whole experience. Like, okay. um, you feel like a princess, a queen. And it's just one of those days you don't forget in a hurry. And I like to just, there's just this thing about brides. I like being a part of it, knowing that, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a transformative process because my type of makeup doesn't drastically change how you look. No, yourself. So I wouldn't say it's like the transformation of the before and after. I think it's the whole experience from arriving to somebody that is like quite nervous, can't wait to walk down the aisle, step into her beautiful dress, you know, just being a part of somebody that is so happy, you know, yeah. rub, rub off on you. Like most times when I leave the bride, I am smart, obviously, except it's pissed me off. But most times when I think <laughs> of people like they started late or like, you know, someone has made us late or something. But I would say 90% of the time when I leave a bride's location, I'm smiling because I'm just imagining how she looked like in the dress, the smile, the tears, going into the car, walking down the aisle. I think the whole process, I just love it. And I think it's quite addictive for me at this time now. Yeah. Like, I can definitely see that it's, it's definitely one of your drives. It's, it's amazing. The work that you do is amazing. Thank and you. like you said, it's not, um, you enhance the beauty. Yeah. And she came in looking like A and then when she's walking down the aisle, the husband's like, is this even my, bro- is this the person I asked to marry me? <laughs> Who's this coming up now? <laughs> so I really, I really, really admire the makeup um, that you do. I think it's so beautiful because I'm not really a fan of transformation makeup. I like to look like me. I just want to, I want to look like a prettier version of me. Exactly. Um, 
rather than a complete different person. I've had makeup artists do my makeup. And when I walk up to my husband, he's like, what's happened? Why does your nose look like they've now pinched it up? And I'm like, you don't have to be so harsh. And he's like, but you look so different. I didn't even know that you could look like This guy is too truthful. He'll just be like, nah, they made your nose too pointy. No oh, more contouring. I'm like, okay. Thank you so much. Um, let me just go back to my natural makeup then. <laughs> and this is an interesting question because it, I always say, what is the question that you wish people would ask you? It's a hard one, right? Mm. <laughs> because when you do interviews, people ask you the basic questions. I'm sure I've asked you basic questions that you answered mm-hmm. before, but what is the one question that you wish people would ask you? Um... I I think that kind of question is, I would say it's more of asking, it's more like an assumption thing. Can you, like, okay, for example, yeah. most people assume I can only do dark skin. So I wouldn't say it's like a question, it's more like they've more, more or less assumed that about me because assumptions are very bad because you don't know the reason why Yeah, this happened to this person. So as I've told you my story, I learned how to walk on Caucasian skin. I had to go learn how to walk on dark skin. And come once upon a time, my entire portfolio was just Caucasian models, Mm -hmm. Caucasian clients. And I think my very first bride, no, not my first, probably my second was actually a Chinese bride. (laughs) I walked on a Chinese bride. Um, The hairstylist was Cassia, you know, Cassia, Fortuna. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was the hairstylist. I did a Chinese bride that changed, was it four times, five times? So I changed her makeup. So I'm quite comfortable working on Caucasian skin. But um, obviously, with the Caucasian skin in my portfolio, most black people wouldn't hire me because, oh, she does only white makeup. But white people wouldn't hire me because they didn't want to work, work with the black makeup artist. So I was just there. You know, yeah. so it's it's... Yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. It's more like, what are the things people assume about me? I don't really think they ask me the question. They, I don't think anybody asks me the question. Can you, can you work on this? Just because looking at, your, looking at your portfolio, maybe because I've been following your work for so long, I and maybe because I'm in the hair industry, I assume that you know how to work on Caucasian but you don't necessarily always do dark skin people, not on your page. Yeah, I've seen I you. Yeah, I had to, because there was no point. Because I was doing it to prove a point. But if the bookings are not coming in, why am I continuing the whole process of trying yeah. to? And I think I would probably blame mainstream media because those are the people that made it extremely difficult for me. Number one, it's a very, um, it's one of those crowd that's, is extremely difficult to get into. Um, yeah, so that was one of my biggest problems. Yeah, so it's more of an assumption thing. Oh, you know, she's black, so that means she can only work on black skinned people or something. So, so I don't think it's like it, it, they should ask. You know what? They should ask me the question. I'm more than happy to answer the question. So, um. I really wish they would ask, like, can you do other things? Yeah, I think that's what the question was aimed at. Just yeah. like, what can you do other than, yeah, because then at least they're exploring what you can do. Mm-hmm. But you are right. 
you are right. They, when when they see you, they're just like, she probably just does. I get that all the time. They walk into the salon. Do you do um my kind of hair? And I'm like, sweetie, it's your kind of hair that they taught me. <laughs> they didn't teach my kind of hair. I had to go and look for that. Mm-hmm. There was no teaching. There was maybe two two modules. But apart from that, everything I learned was on Caucasian hair. Mm-hmm. No one taught me anything. They even taught Chinese hair, Indian hair, but no one taught us how to do black hair. True, imagine that. So, I mean, it's a massive problem in the industry, but like I said, the, the way we can solve it is by, you know, doing masterclasses. You're already doing your part, and I'm gearing myself up to do People ask me all the time, when are you going to do it? And I'm like, Ugh. Do what? Do classes for okay. to teach, but I'm like, I know it needs to be something because this is one thing I realize a lot of people, um, they don't, um, how do I put this now? They don't want to invest. Yeah, just want to go 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 on YouTube, watch it, and just realize that oh my god it's done like what stopped me from going on youtube to learn a lot of things but i realized that i need to delve deeper into the artistry knowing the basics knowing the when i say foundation like the foundations like skin texture how to yeah but when you're working on especially the commercial side when you're working with everyday people not models you can't use YouTube makeup for that because when you're working on everyday people, these are not, not as in they don't make money from their faces. So you'll be working on different types of texture, and that is even more difficult. Mm. So people don't realize this. And I try to tell people that look, you can't be doing, and even my own um, assistants or people that want me to teach them, when I tell them to practice, I don't even ask them to get models. I said, get normal people with normal skin type so you can see the different types of textures because you're not always going to get someone that's got good skin yeah definitely you need to prepare yourself for that so that you're not shocked when it happens you know because think about in models always got flawless skin everything flawless you don't have to you don't have to do much just you know a tinted moisturizer does the work you don't have to layer anything they've got nice cheekbones you don't have to give them extra cheekbones you don't have to do much on the skin of the person but when you're so dependent on that sort of skin type which is beautiful perfect skin you will struggle to work on the commercial side which is like dealing with normal everyday women yeah that have no issues yeah so that's what i try to teach but most times you just think oh she just wants me to come and pay money but i'm like when you're stuck who are you gonna go <laughs> It's true. Yeah, that's really what happens. And this is one thing about the editorial side of makeup that gets me a bit annoyed because um I've had people not book me because they're like, Oh, I don't know whether I can work with models, I don't know whether I'm like sorry. <laughs> Like, with models, I don't really need to do much. Like, I've trained myself in a way that I can deal with, like, the most difficult skin type, pigmentation, whatever, and stuff like that. So, handling someone that's got perfect skin is actually the easiest for me to do because I don't need to... In short, most of the agency um, uh, models, you can't even do much to their eyebrows. You can only just brush them out 
and that yeah. you know you're not carving anything or trying to match the eyebrows you literally just comb them out and you know make them all nice and fluffy you don't really do much so you see someone like me that I've taken the time to train myself how to work with like from models to the most difficult skin type and you wouldn't give me the chance because I don't have the perfect models or people that won't book me because I don't have a celebrity on my page. Oh, I, I get that one a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Oh, I get that a lot. Like, they will send my page to them. They will have a look, say, but she doesn't work with celebrities. Yeah, I get that. You to know, this day, I get that. And I'm like, what's the difference? Because are you looking at my style of makeup or just judging it because there's Beyonce is not on it? Like, I'm confused. You're looking at my work because you want to see the kind of makeup. Um, does your client like very light makeup, like natural makeup? I want to, She wants to look like herself. You know, she reads a client's brief and she keeps the, pro, the, the client's brief to heart. Like, if you go on my page... Everybody does not look the same. All the eyebrows do not look the same. I work with the eyebrows that sit on the on my. I don't have like everybody's different basically. So I customize my makeup to suit the client's brief of what they want. Is that not what you want as an artist? Not to know if she worked on Beyonce. So honestly, with a lot of rejections, that is enough to make <laughs> somebody that doesn't have a good mindset leave the industry but i think so far it's my passion that has kept me on yeah i mean if you're doing it for i've learned that a long time ago i used to get so there's so many opportunities that came oh this celebrity you're going to be doing this celebrity and um i remember when i was when i wanted to get into that kind of editorial fashion celebrity sort of world mm -hmm. i was working my butt off i was doing work for free i was going to do this i was assisting this person and once I realized what that sort that part of the industry uses you so mm -hmm. they use you so badly yep. and you get no recognition for it, yep. I felt I felt so abused and I was mm -hmm. like, Do you know what? This is not even my passion. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like my passion is doing hair and I wanna make everyday people feel beautiful. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm chasing trying to do celebrities when I have a bunch of people that I know I can work for. So I was like cancelling on living um, the same like rearranging my appointment so that it worked around these opportunities that were never going to flourish. And I remember I spoke to a, a girl that I used to really look up to and she was doing like Kim Kardashian, Lady Gaga. And I asked her if I could um, assist her. And straight up and down, she said, you're never going to get into the industry. Oh, One, wow. I looked the part too oh. too old and yeah you're just it's it's never going to work out for you and you know what those words stuck to me because not because it didn't demotivate me because I spent probably about three years trying to prove her wrong but then I realized that it's not actually what I want to do if I end up doing a celebrity perfect but if I don't I am just as satisfied trying to educate and do what I'm doing mm -hmm. so it was a real eye-opener of how catty they could be. Oh, and this yeah. is someone I considered not a friend, but quite friendly with an acquaintance. Someone that if something, if I couldn't do something, I'd be like, you know, can you go to this person? The same way you've done for me, mm. where, you know, you're like, oh, they need a hairdresser. Are you available? It's happening on this day. Like, I appreciate that sort of 
recommendation, especially when someone recommends you, mm-hmm. you want to you work a hundred times more to because you're also representing the person that yeah. recommended you. So for her to say to me, "You're good enough to be my assistant, but you would never surpass that," oh, I thought, wow. All right, I thought, thank you for letting me know the truth, whether it's your truth, whether it's the truth, whatever this is. I know there's an element of truth in there because I've seen it for myself. And then I got booked for a campaign to do ORS. And that campaign, I think we worked from 8 a.m. to maybe 9 p.m. every day. And I was like, I don't think I can do this all the time. Every day, like I want to have a family, I want to have a life, and like these people are going to end up being my only friends because these are the only people that I see. Wow, and I don't know if that's and that's what made me reflect because I was like, okay, I got booked for quite a few of those sort of campaigns and working on like long day shoots and stuff like that, and that's what it is. You end up just being in that sort of small world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a very good world, but you have to want to be in it, and I just realized that I didn't want it that bad I didn't mind dipping in and out but this wasn't my tea it wasn't my sauce so I was like for the people that want to do it just know that it's really hard and it's really catty but for the people that are able to do it go ahead I'm much happier working with my own schedule now but yeah it was a hard pill to swallow at the time she might as well tell me I will fail as a hairdresser (laughs) I don't know but that which is worse you someone telling you straight or me just finding out that I'm never going to fit into this world. I think with me, it was the editorial mainstream that started it, trying to get in. And, you know, you go to the agencies, no, you go to the magazines, no. Um, most people will hire you for this and all that. And one thing I, I want to point out, like most of the people that gave me opportunities to walk across different skin tones have always been black people. Yeah. Like when I got um invited to do I think I worked with Kellogg's twice and I had to do makeup on a variety of skin tone from dark Alec Weck. Yeah. Oh to very pale, you know, pink undertone skin. And the guy was like, Don't worry, I've seen your portfolio, I know you can and no questions asked, he didn't whatever, and he booked me twice to do those campaigns and when he stopped being the director, get what the job stopped. Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's literally you have to have a friend of a friend and mm-hmm. someone that mm-hmm. trusts them. And the person that told me was black. Oh my god! The person that told me was black because I, I I will point out sometimes it just be your own people. Oh, it is the lady, the lady that I told you about that because my kids, you know, um, child mind whatever. She was black as well. Yeah, so sometimes it'd be your own people, but what I've learned is that when you have good people around you, whether they're acquaintances, whether they're... Because if you ask me something, I will do it. Just because I know that even though if there's been opportunities where you've extended recommendations my way, you must think highly enough of me that I'm able to do the job. So just because of that, keeping that relationship and knowing, okay, Joy, um, Deborah Lola, those people are people that I know that I can always, if I can't do something, I will always pass on to them. If I can recommend them in any way, I will always do that. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a circle of trust almost. We don't speak every day, but it's a nice thing to do. But there's some people, 
I just wouldn't even think about them because I know that they're so sucked into the industry. Mm. It's just not going to happen. And some people, when they get the upper hand, they just would not help you. Yeah. And it, it, it when I realized that, oh, that I said, a lot. What? That's happened to me a lot. Like, yeah. I, and I think that you've probably even grafted wits. As soon as they get their own break, when yep. you call them, you're like, who this? Basically. Yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> when I opened my salon, I realized who was for me and who wasn't. And I remember that I wasn't even trying to open a big place. I just wanted a small place that I could afford. I wasn't trying to outdo anybody. And I would have thought that it was something. And this is someone that I worked with for years. And when I say years, practically all of my career, the minute I said I am opening up my salon, every single thing you can do to sabotage someone was put my way. Oh my God. And I was like, I remember I broke down crying um, to my husband. I was like, what is actually happening? <laughs> Am I in an alternative world? Like, why, why would you do that to somebody who has partnered with you, tried with you, you've done things together? Why would you try to sabotage me? Every When I say every, the things that came out... I was like, okay, no worries. And that was probably, to this day, the hardest pill to swallow because you were, that person was quite close to me. And once I figured out that it, it literally can be your own people, and really it was just like, she said it with her own mouth. She just said, you know what, I want you to succeed, but I just don't want you to succeed. Um, <laughs> what was her words? Something along the lines of, she knows I'm going to succeed, but she doesn't want to have a hand in it. so again like you said it's almost harsh when if you don't know whether you want to hear those words the actual truth or you kind of want to just take the hint you know what in a way i wish i had somebody spell out to me because it took this whole black black lives matter to realize that a lot of things I went through was just because of my skin color. It was not because I wasn't good. So if somebody had just been like, you know what, just go away. Like, we'll hire you. Like, just spell it out to me. I wouldn't have wasted so much. And girl, I wasted so much of my time and energy trying to break into mainstream. So now what? it makes sense, the reason why. It had nothing whatsoever to do with my skill and ability. It was just because of the color of my skin. That, yeah. That was it in a simple, in a simple um, format. That was it. So I, in a, it's a good thing and a bad thing because it's now, I now realize that, okay, Joy, it wasn't you. Now you can, like, your mind can go down. It, it was not your skill or whatever. It's so, it's like, a, it's mixed emotions for me. Now that it's then you sort of, you, you suspect, but you don't want to think that the racism was that bad, that they would try to take out something that pays your bills. You don't want to think about it because... But now would make like, a lot of sense to me. Like the reason why they would not, they wouldn't hire me. They would hire somebody that was well white for the job. Meanwhile, yeah. I was the one put forward for the job, but it's been given to someone else. You know, so yeah, I think it's as I said, it's it missed, it's a mixed emotions at this point. Right. 
Yeah, I just think, yeah, it was a hard pill to swallow, I'm not going to lie. Even sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, oh, would I ever? No, I couldn't. But do you know what? I think for me in the industry, I've because I have only really worked within the black industry and I think I tried to break into mainstream a little bit. But then when I started seeing those signs of the uppity, the uppity people and the behaviours, I was like, I'm not going to fit well into this industry just because, yeah, I'm a nice person, but this is not going to, this, this, I won't be able to tolerate this, even with professionalism, because I might say something that will just get me kicked out anyway. So it's best that I just keep myself out and maybe build a stage where I can be appreciated or just find my own lane. But every obstacle that I've come across, really, um, I was supported by my own, yeah. but I was also brought down by my own. So I've realised that not everyone is for you, unfortunately. Yeah. And you're going to have to... Not everyone is going to be your cheerleader. No. And I found that people that... I mean, my friends are amazing, but I found that the people that I don't really know, but maybe have been watching my work for a while, those were the people that were like, yeah, you know, you should go to her. And it... It it always surprises me because yeah. it's just like, I get that I get that a lot. I get oh god, you don't understand. I get that a lot. Like I'm always so chuffed. So it, again, it's like some milestones are crossed. The people that you expect to congratulate you won't is the people that you least expect. Yeah, that will be like oh my god, I'm so proud of you and stuff. Then the people that you yeah, miss, and they know because they've seen it. You can tell they've seen it and. They just keep mute, but in a way, it's a good thing. At least now you know who are for you and who's not. Yeah, and with me, yeah. I've always celebrated people. Like I've had assistants that are doing really well. There's one of them that's just booked, um, in um, her first campaign with a cosmetics company. Oh, amazing! I, yeah, right from the beginning, I, you know, with her, like, and I'm, I can't wait for it to come out. But at the moment, it's still, you know, she can't talk. But when it comes out, then I can make so much noise or something. I'm so, I like, I'm wa- literally waiting to make so much noise. Like, oh my God, I am so happy for her. Like, the way she's come across, like, she's been doing really well. So I'm always, you know, shouting up and down. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I've lost interest in trying to understand that behavior, to be honest with you. Same. I, 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 I think I still get shocked though. Hmm? I still kind of get shocked. Maybe I'm still, uh, I wouldn't say naive to it, but maybe it's still, I'm still at that point where I'm just like, really? No, really? I, 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 I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably want to call, call it old age. Like, and I'm not that old, but sometimes someone tells me like, sometimes I think like a grandma, but I think maybe because I've had so much thrown at me when I yeah. started that nothing else shocks me anymore from my own people, from people that are not mine or something, but anything shockable, you know, I've been through it in my journey. When you talk about doors slamming on, I've actually been on my way to an interview and it was cancelled on my way (laughs) and I was replaced. Like, that's how, like, I've been through it all. <laughs> I've been. I was at this event where they, um, all the black people were sat at the back, mm. and all the white people were. And I'm like, I didn't just get missing and came here. You guys invited me to be here, and I'm being treated like a third class citizen or something, you know. So I've 
that's why when people are like, oh, you talk like an old woman, I said, it's more about the experiences. So it's yeah. Like, okay. I, and there was somebody, I think during, when, once this um, whole lockdown started, I was part of a lot of Zoom meetings. And one thing I realized was that your mindset is very important. So yeah. as much as I've been through a lot, I'm not going to let that negative mindset to control or take, you know, well, control me moving forward. So yeah. yeah, I've been through a lot. Yes, I've done this. Yes, I've been rejected. I've had doors, but whatever. But it's more of I'm just leaving it behind. Yeah. Go with the mindset. Yeah. It's not your fault. You know, there's nothing about like there was something that happened the other day. I think Fenty Beauty was like everybody tag other makeup artists. I tagged other makeup artists and I tagged myself because girl, yes, I'm good. I deserve to tag my own self as an amazing makeup artist. And that's the kind of mindset I'm trying to get people to have. Like, you know, there's a, obviously there's a difference between being egotistic and it's different between humble. But so what, who, who does humble, what does, who does humility help sometimes? So there's nothing wrong in blowing your own horn. So that Fenty post, I posted all my friends, all my colleagues, and I also tagged my own self. So ending this um, podcast, I want to end by saying, mindset is very important sometimes yeah. we self-sabotage ourselves by negative mindsets and this is the thing that i have to learn i'm giving you this is like something that i learned i learned myself from listening to amazing women speak and i realized that i had a negative mindset what i've been through which has been a lot and think about it dealing with all those negative emotions with children, a full-time job, is enough to make somebody go bonkers. I had to come yeah. out of that mindset, that negative mindset, oh, you're bad, you're like, nobody likes your work, you're black, you're this, you're whatever. Yes, it's happening, but are you going to use that to make decisions moving forward? Mm. So you need to leave that mindset behind. Have this positive mindset, like, you know, praise yourself, self-motivation. You don't understand what self-motivation can do for you. Yeah, it's just something to motivate you. Girl, you're just going to go bonkers. Yeah. Likes, followers, or whatever. You have to learn. And me motivating myself on those posts, like tagging my own self, that is a way of like, you know, I'm good. Like, this is not me being egotistic. This is me self-motivated and people should learn to do that that way you can sit in your by yourself and like you know what i'm good i don't need instagram i don't need likes i don't need followers i don't need somebody to tell me i'm amazing i've done the graft i've done i've like i've worked my ass off to be here people should learn how to self-motivate themselves that negative mindset it's 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 it can actually destroy you if you're not mm -hmm. And one thing I realized that black people don't understand that mental health check is very important. Mm. And I realized I was with the kind of negative thoughts I was having. I was actually, and I've never said this out loud. I was actually entering that mental state where I was letting all the negative things I've been through affect my mindset. I have yeah. to literally step back and like, Joy, what are you doing to yourself? Yes, you've been through it. Yes, it was not a nice thing for someone to do to you. It wasn't amazing. But that doesn't mean you're just going to go forward with all that negativity in your mind. I have to just wake up home and know what. It's happened. The door is shut. But I'm moving forward. 
you know, I'm just taking the bull by the horn. I have so many amazing things I'm doing for myself, you know, trying to diversify my income, trying to do this for my website, a lot of things I'm doing behind the scenes, teaching myself new skills and everything. So what I would advise everyone listening to this podcast is your mindset. You need to sit down and think about your current uh, mindset at the point at this point mental health check you need to make sure it's very healthy if it's not back away leave social media instagram whatever is making you think so much bad things leave it alone yeah. for eight hours forget about it then come back when you're truly ready amazing no it's very true um so you are recently and now you recently announced that you have a new product line called By Joy Makeup Brands. I'm, yes, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. I remember you put it up. I was like, I'll be purchasing whatever it is. Take all my money now. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited to hear yeah, it. Um, I've been ready for a while, but get again, negative mindset made me yeah. not believe this on time. You guys don't understand what negative mindset can do to somebody. I've had that those products sitting in my garage forever believe it or not no i believe you i just came out of (laughs) negative mindset and i spoke about it in the first season i think probably my first season was me working through it and not realizing that that's what i was working through i had such a negative outlook on everything and i see myself as quite a positive joyful person but during that time, it was all very much, oh, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Um, everyone is succeeding around me apart from me. Like, I cannot tell you some of the thoughts that were going through my mind. And it shocked me because mm-hmm. I thought, well, this is not you. You don't even behave this way. Exactly. So I had to take time. Um, and I spoke about it because I thought, if I can speak speak through it, speak to my husband I cannot tell you how many nights we sat down I spoke about it and I was just crying to myself for no reason Mm -hmm. and at first people were like oh maybe you're going through postpartum it's got nothing to do with the baby it's absolutely got everything to do with my mindset my mindset in my career is that I'm feeling like all the work that I'm doing no one sees me what about me 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 and it wasn't even that so once I got myself out of that so many doors have opened and I just feel a lot more comfortable Yep. and I feel a lot more at peace. Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't have any problems. If I see someone, I can appreciate them for what they're doing. I can actually applaud from someone else, which is why I always say you cannot be a good person, a good mom, a good hairdresser, a good anything if you have a negative mindset. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. It's no lie. And a lot of the things that I wanted to do as well, I was stopping myself from doing it, not because I was a mum, not because I have a salon, but because I had a negative mindset. So I definitely understand what you're talking about because it's... My lashes, guess what? Since November last year. I believe you. You know, but it wasn't until I'm like, I called my agency and I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. They were like, okay, you must say, no, no, I'm ready. I've held it for too long. Like it's going, it's going all out. Like I'm done. I'm done with like thinking about so many, many things. So um, the first, the first product I'm releasing is going to be my lashes. And the reason why I decided on lashes is the kind of looks I like creating I notice I'm struggling to get some certain type of styles and I notice what's in existence at the moment 
they're quite huge. 25, is it 25? Is it 25 meters or whatever they call it? Yeah, it's so long. Long, big, bushy, nothing wrong with them. But again, everyone's client base is different. My kind of client base don't like lashes like that. You know, I'm trying to, you know, Google, you know, search for the kind of lashes I like. And I just thought to myself, why can't I just create my own? Like, why am I giving myself unnecessary, you know, high blood pressure over something as simple as lashes? So that was when I um, decided to just launch my own style. I won't tell you the second one in the bag. It's all, it's in production. Yeah, it's not lashes at all. It's something else. That's coming up, hopefully before September, by God's grace. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I mean, I I always like lashes that look as natural as possible because you want to look glam, but you don't also want to look like you're going to the disco every night. So <laughs> I, um, and I don't really particularly have big eyes. So a lot of those lashes, I feel like people that have big eyes can carry them off. Yeah. But when I put them on my eyes, I'm like, literally, I've got bats wings on my lashes and I wear glasses <laughs> so oh, when wow. I'm wearing my glasses and then they're batting against the glasses I'm just like oh, okay, God, so it doesn't cool. work it does, it's not glam, it's actually quite bush so let me just um, so I'm really looking forward to it and I'm glad you you gave us a little sneak peek of what it's going to be so I'm very excited by that um, yeah. and then my last question for you would be if you had to have dinner with three people dead or alive who would they be and why um, Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one person that radiates positivity. I don't know what it is about her. When she speaks, is like I get my notepad, my jotter, I just write down everything because I'm gonna put it into, you know, um, into use. Then the second person is Mrs. Alakija, who is the the richest woman in Africa. Um, the reason being, I did her makeup. Was it two years ago when she gave us like a brief history of how she started? And with her, I want to understand the business side. Like the way she makes decisions is like even how she first started. I think um, one of the things I found out was she was given an option of cash or a product. And she chose the product. And it's that product that launched her into like where she is now. So that sort of thinking, I want to sit down and talk. Like, please, <laughs> you can advise me in terms of like the business mindset. Please, 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 just you know, let me know. Then the third person will probably be my pastor's wife. That has to be the calmest woman I've ever met in my entire life, Pastor Gloria. Oh my God. Like I would call her and just, she would just say one line. I don't know what, whether it's some sort of magic or something. And it's like they just poured cold water <laughs> over me, you know? So just like how to handle my mindset. Like when, because sometimes, you know, you're just thinking about like a million things or whatever. Like how does she manage to be so calm about a lot of things? So those would be my three choices amazing i can relate to the michelle obama definitely and do you have a quote we always have a quote on this this little yeah um no definitely i would say never underestimate the power of a negative mindset 
And that's what we're going to call this episode. <laughs> Honestly, because I think every, everyone maybe forgets how fragile we are as human beings mm-hmm. and how being negative, being positive, they have they affect the people around you. They affect you a lot more than you think. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a lot more negative, I noticed that my household wasn't as happy. Mm-hmm. And when I say as happy, I was just like, even my son knew. <laughs> Mom is not okay today. And I don't know how I was blessed with a son that knows how to read the room, but he'll mm-hmm. pretty much leave me alone and kind of do his own thing and play. and Or he'll come and cheer me up. So... I think definitely, I mean, you can't, you can't help but have emotions, but knowing when to let things go is definitely the thing that I've learned in the last. Do not underestimate it because a lot of people are like, you know, and that whole, I'm a black woman. I shouldn't be upset. Like, you know, they don't don't understand what this thing can do to you. You don't understand. Definitely work through your emotions. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. Never suppress things down. Work through them, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through talking to people you love. But working through things and talking through things is the best thing that you can do. And it's the best thing that I did. I kept it to myself for like three months. And then I spent three months being angry. And then it took me like three months to get out of it. So I already know that it's not a place that I want to go back to. But I also appreciate it because whenever I think about doing that again, I remember how that affected me so um mental check to yourself is always be true to yourself and always be honest with yourself so definitely i agree yeah thank you so much well thank you so much joy <laughs> i feel like it's amazing i've so much about you thank you so much for dedicating your time um i hope you guys listening have learned a thing or two because joy is like everybody's mummy so i'm <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's everybody's mum and she's everybody's aunt so I think that having you on here was really important to me and I'm so glad you accepted to do it and I'm so glad you were so open as well um I've learned a lot about you during this time and I'm really appreciative because instead this is what the podcast was supposed to be about for us to gain insight without you know just for knowledge just for just to get our foot in the door like it's not easy at all. I still feel like I'm at the beginning of my career. So to have someone like yourself who is going really far, I really admire you and I'm so happy that you accepted. Aww, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me.